it's Mary Coleman, your host for the All Things Education podcast. If you don't know, I'm a student too, and I'm currently studying psychology. I'm so glad you're listening today because we learn about study and lifestyle tips, chat with professional guests about a range of topics. We learn about the ins and outs of school and uni life, how to form solid friendships, actualize career aspirations, chat about relationships, moving, traveling, and so much more. We have a range of content on this podcast, and it's all to help you be that much more informed about the world we live in. So let's get educated, shall we? Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. It is so good to have you on the show today. Again, if this is the first time you're listening, hello. Hopefully you heard the introduction. But yes, my name is Mary. I was a graduate student in 2021. I'm currently studying a Bachelor of Honours Psychology and I'm studying that online and I'm about to study an arts degree interstate and I'm very excited for this big move Just in terms of what we are going to be talking about today, well, I'll give Sharon a proper introduction, but we had the lovely guest star Sharon on the podcast today, and we talk about so many different things. What I've started to do is I have implemented every third week of the month, I have scheduled a podcast um, episode with a beautiful guest star who is going to share their career journey with us. So the series is going to be called Career Journey, and essentially each guest star is going to be, yeah, just sharing their journey, how they got from point A to point Z, you know, like in all the little alphabet numbers in between, alphabet numbers, alphabet letters in between, and all those steps that they were able to achieve their career that they're finally in today. These people that we were interviewing they're a little bit more mature age and I think that is so brilliant because it really just goes to showcase their life experience and what I would love to showcase to you guys, you listeners, is really just how there are so many different pathways, so many different areas and backdoors that you can can get into different careers. For example, Sharon, like we're talking about accountancy in the field and the line of accountant work, right, in this episode and Honestly, I mean, I don't want to give the episode away too much. It was a really great conversation. I'm very excited to share it with you guys. But we just talk about all the different fields of work that she's been in. And it's so great just to see that she has gone far and wide in the jobs that she's gone in. And the first two jobs that she received, they weren't even traditional ways of getting the job, like the interview, etc. It was kind of, well, actually, I'm not going to spoil it. But it was a really great conversation. I'm very excited to share it with you. I just, before we begin, I wanted to touch on what else we're talking about in the episode today. We're going to be touching on, obviously, accountancy. We're going to be speaking about the future of work. So Sharon's going to give her predictions as a qualified coach and mentor. She's also going to be talking about anxiety and confidence, how to improve your confidence, how to be confident, how to fake confidence, all of that. Also going to be talking about mental health, how to improve your mental health, how to support people with mental health issues, and how to support yourself if you do have mental health problems as well. Of course, mental health is something we all will face at some point in our life, like a you know a poor mental health. And Sharon really speaks amazingly on that. So that's a really awesome and critical part of the episode. We also speak about networking and how to secure a job, how to get a job in the first place, um, how to yeah network with people and and how to get to networking events in the first place because it's sort of a double-edged sword. Like you want to network with people, but the only way you can network with people is if you know people and if you don't know people, then how do you know what I mean? Like, so it's a little bit hard, but we speak about that and we also speak about how to move up in your job once you have secured your job. So you can see we talk about a range of things and I'm super excited to get into the episode. But before we do, let's jump into a quick weekly recap. So this week has actually been pretty busy, not going to lie. There's been a lot that's going on. I am getting and prepping for my move, my move interstate, which is very exciting. Very keen for that. There's a lot of other things that I've just been prepping for, just decluttering in general and tidying up and doing my psychology assignments. Actually, just in terms of psychology update, which is another segment that I like to give you an update on. If you are interested, I'm not sure if you are. If you're not, skip it. That's all good. But in terms of psychology, I actually have three assessments that are due on Wednesday, which is a little bit stressful. Um, And I'm very happy 
that, you know, I got one assessment out the way already. So that is done and dusted. But I do have two more to do. So after I finish recording this and editing and publishing this episode, I'm going to go jump on and yeah, do that assessment. I actually haven't started two of those assessments. So I've done one, but yeah, two out of the three still need to be started and finished by Wednesday, which is kind of stressful. And yes, it is Sunday. So do the math. That's three days and I'm working. So that's very fun. Anyway, that's okay. Not to complain, but I will get it done. I put this on myself, um, but I'm nearly finished with the summer semester of psychology, online psychology. So that is very exciting. And then after that, I'm going to be dropping down to part-time psychology and only doing one unit per semester as I study my arts degree as a double degree as well. So that is that. That's my psychology update. And let's jump into my next segment, my favorite segment, which is my favorite book of the week. Let's talk about my favorite book of the week. Each week, I'll give you guys updates on the book that I'm currently reading. Whether that's educational, fantasy, fiction, or nonfiction, you'll hear about it all. Hopefully, you'll be inspired to read some of the books that I'm reading so you can be more educated in different areas of your life. Let's jump into it. Okay, so this book is called The Goodbye Quilt. I was about to say Goodbye Quilt then, but it's Goodbye Quilt by Susan Wiggs. It is beautiful. I actually haven't read it, but I'm just looking at the cover right now and it is gorgeous. I'll give you updates on the Instagram at allthingseducation21 on the story, so please go follow if you haven't already. The Goodbye Quilt is basically about Linda Davis's local fabric shop where it's a place where women gather to share their creations, like such as quilts, and Linda is preparing for her only child, her only daughter, to leave for college and she's sort of this question of who will she be when she's no longer needed as a mother. So Linda and her daughter just go across a cross-country road trip and they're just sharing beautiful fond memories. So I think I'm going to be crying a little bit. I think I'm going to be laughing and really just journeying with this mother and this daughter, Linda and her daughter, through this adventure. So definitely go check it out if you're interested. Okay, so the guest star today is Sharon Critchlow, and she is a popular conference speaker and writer on the subjects of emotional intelligence, mental health and well-being, and the social aspects of the future of work. And if you remember, those are all topics we're talking about today, so get keen. As an international best-selling writer and speaker, Sharon is a vocal change maker. She brings passion to the subjects of the future of work, diversity, emotional intelligence, and environmental social governance. Sharon is also the director at Discover Your Bounce and is a qualified accountant with over 20 years of experience in senior leadership roles and growing successful businesses. So guys, she knows what she's talking about when she's talking about the future of work and how to help with mental health and when she's talking about accountancy and everything like that. She knows what she's talking about. She's got over 20 years of experience. Sharon's also an experienced conference speaker, as well as regularly creating and facilitating workshops. As a qualified coach and mentor, Sharon is super passionate about helping people become the best they can be and allowing their true talents to shine. Now, a fun fact about Sharon, she left school struggling to read and write, and we'll talk about why in a second. But she became a qualified accountant at age 23 with the help of mind mapping. Who knew? And we're also talking about that today. She received her first directorship at 30 and sold her multi-million pound business at age 45. Wow. Honestly, on top of all that, Sharon is beautiful, sweet and gorgeous. She is so lovely and friendly. And honestly, we could not stop talking. We had our cups of tea when we were recording. We're talking before and after the recording. It was all just wonderful. I cannot wait to share our conversation that we had the other day on this episode in just a second. 
But before we begin, I did just quickly want to say, if you're not already following the All Things Education 21 Instagram account, please go do so. That's the handle I just said then, at All Things Education 21. Please go follow. If you do remember from a previous episode when I was sharing my 2023 goals, one of my big goals is to get to 1,000 followers on Instagram and 1,000 listeners on the podcast. So my other thing I was going to request from you guys before we share the episode is if you could please share this to 10 of your friends or five of your friends or even just one friend if you really like this episode and you really love listening to Sharon because honestly who doesn't by the end of this episode you'll want to be hearing more from her and maybe we can arrange something like that for you guys but before we begin yes please share it with one two three ten a hundred people and let's get the word out there about the all things education podcast because it's so great hearing journeys about for example like Sharon's who share their wonderful career journey experience and it's just so unique and it's so inspiring to hear someone who is so successful has tried out four different occupations and tried and tested and moved on and gotten bigger and better every time so I'm not going to ramble on anymore let's drop right into the episode trust me you're gonna need a pen and paper for this one because there are so many amazing tips so grab a pen and paper grab a cup of tea join us with our cup of teas and let's get into it so welcome Sharon to the All Things Education podcast I'm so excited to have you on today thank you so so much for joining me how are you? Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm very well, thank you. That's good to hear. I just Let's just jump straight into it. I'm really, really keen to talk about your career journey as this is a part of the Career Journey series. Um, mm-hmm. So would you like to talk to us a little bit about your achievements in this career that you have taken up, or careers, I should say? Careers, yeah, and it is careers, isn't it, really? So um, so I started off um, in, uh, in, in a career which I'm sure that a lot of you at some point um, will attempt or maybe are doing now, which is uh, I was in hospitality. Mm-hmm. So I was uh, a chambermaid in a hotel and uh, I worked in coffee shops and all sorts of things like that. Um, because, of course, I'd, I'd left school without very much in the way of qualifications. Mm-hmm. And so my journey's been very much that whole thing of regaining my education and um, and then what I did with it after that. So having sort of left school without very much to, to help me, that university wasn't going to be happening, or all those sorts of things weren't going to be happening. And I can remember being in a coffee shop in, um, I, I grew up by the seaside uh, in England, and, um, and looking out at all those lovely yachts and boats and everything else and thinking, I'm never going to be able to have one of those. Mm. That will never be in my life unless I do something different. Yeah. And of course, there wasn't a set pathway for me because it's you know, what do you, what do you do? You know, you know, you're pretty yeah. good at making coffee, right? What do you do? So I started to look around for um, for an office job just to see if I could get into something that was a little bit different. And uh, and I did find an office job. I found now we're going back in time, so you these sorts of jobs <laughs> probably don't exist much anymore. But um, <laughs> the job I got <laughs> was was filing in a. Um, Nice. Yeah, in a, a an accountancy practice. So this meant uh, everything was done on paper, not sort of electronically like it kind of is now. Uh, so mm. uh, you had all these big files of things, and people needed you to find files, put files away, put things in files, all that sort of thing. So um, so I started working in one of those, and and I could see other people were getting the opportunity to take exams, and and I wasn't because I was just the filing clerk. Mm. Um, so what I decided to do was to work really quickly. Because it meant that the, the last sort of hour of the day or two hours of the day, I'd be sat there with nothing to do. And so they'd have to find me something to do, which meant they had to teach me how to do something okay. useful. So they started to teach me some of the bits of how to put the basic accounts together. And then uh, other things I used to do is I used to then have a look through all the accounts, all those files that I'm, as I was putting things away, and try and work out how they'd 
they've done what they call working papers. So how they've actually done these calculations. And um, so my mother had a small shop and a small dress shop. And I used to drop down her bag of books, as they say, to her accountants, have the accounts done. And so I put a little note in it. I, get, I had a go myself. Now, I'd only been actually filing for about two months. So mm. this was a very rough and ready. I think I'm just going to give it a go. Yeah, so I, I gave it a go. And I left a note in the bag as I'm putting it down to say, you know, can, basically, can you mark my homework? Can you have a look at what I I've love done? it. <laughs> and, uh, and so the, he, he, phoned, he, he actually phoned up my mother and said, um, yeah, can you send your daughter down to collect your, to collect your, your books? And I want to have a word with her. So, um, yeah, so what, what basically happened was a bit of an interview, really. So he said, so how long have you been doing accounts? And I said, well, I don't really do accounts. So I'm, <laughs> I'm a filing clerk. And he went, would you like to do accounts? And, I, wow. and so very cheekily, I'm like, yeah, you're going to pay for me to get qualified. And he, he sort of yeah. gulped a bit and went, yeah, OK, then. <laughs> and um, so that's where my accountancy career started. And so from being sort of leaving school with not very much, um, I was then able to to join ACCA as a student, um, and that's accaglobal.com. So this is uh, an international qualification uh, in accountancy, and I was able to to take that um, partly day release at colleges, and then you can do all of these things remote these mm. days. Um, and it really gave me that sort of step up um, that I needed, because uh, one of the things that I didn't realise uh, when I was at school, you know, when you when somebody tells you something and you think, well, that's just not true. Mm. People used to think that I was a bit stupid. And I thought, yeah, yeah that's not true. And just because I didn't get that or I don't understand that, that doesn't make me stupid. Mm. And what I soon realised um, at sort of at, eight, at 17 was that what I really needed was glasses. So yeah. everything that had been written up on the, the wall, everything that had been, I couldn't see it. So I wasn't wow. stupid. I just couldn't see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. So... You know, but it, it then meant I had to kind of, you know, I had to, to learn how to learn because mm -hmm. I'd gone through my entire sort of school school career um, just learning from hearing, which is a wonderful thing to do. But but it was incredibly difficult. So um, so what this meant then, at least when I um, when I started in the, the accountancy, doing the accountancy exams, is they were incredibly difficult. Those big books. And I mm. had, you know, I had um, it, it was really hard for me to learn. But thankfully, I had learnt a technique called mind mapping, mm. which meant that I'd used those skills I'd learnt in hearing and listening and understanding and taking it all in. And, and I used to put it all out on one page of A3 in colouring pens. So people used to turn up, they'd turn up to take these, um, these day courses wow. that I'd go on. And they'd be like, you know, the colouring department turned, turned <laughs> up. And I'd be like, this is the notes, because if I write like, loads of notes, I won't be able to read them anyway, and it won't be very good. Um, but I had some really good support um, from a tutor called Chris, who really, um, yeah, he really made it possible for me to become qualified. Mm -hmm. And I did. I became a qualified accountant at 23. So um, from there, I, I stayed on for a little while um, in the accountancy practice that trained me. Um, I then went on to another practice. So my, my partner had uh, moved to the other end of the county where we live. Mm -hmm. and he'd um to take a job in engineering and so I followed him and my the boss who trained me basically said look I, I can't give you a job as a qualified I don't really have you know I can't really do that mm. uh, but what I can do is uh, recommend you to a friend of mine who's got a practice uh, near where your partner is now working so 
I'll I'll make a recommendation. So again, I just had I had a meeting, got a job. He basically just wow. sorted that out for me. Yeah. So that's one of the first things I think you need to well, two things you need to learn from this, I think, first of all. Number one, if it's all looking a bit of a mess now, then there's always something you can do to change it. There's mm-hmm. always more than one way to get qualified or to get a job. And secondly, neither of those jobs were advertised. They yeah. were all from my network. That's so, so one was somebody my mum knew, and then my boss actually recommended me to somebody else. Mm-hmm. So the, neither of those jobs were advertised. So I went through that entire thing with actually really proper, having a proper interview, to be fair. Um, so <laughs> I got to 27 before I had a proper interview. <laughs> um, but this, so I think they're, they're really valuable things to think about when you look at your career is that it doesn't have to be linear mm. and that there are open access ways of getting a, a senior level qualification so the ACCA accountancy qualification is a master's equivalent yeah, wow. so you can do that so yeah and you can also change um, tack I know people who did uh, degrees in chemistry who then got to the end of it and thought well that was interesting but it's not me who then became accountants mm. so and, and these people you know it's it's all possible so don't feel restricted. Um, enjoy what you're doing until you don't, and then do something different. Is what I would say. Yes. So at 27, I, I'm just like, well, what am I going to do now? So I was getting a bit frustrated um, in the practice that I was in. The guy who'd very, you know, I was very grateful for him to give me that job. He um, he had had a heart attack. He wasn't there anymore. Um, things changed. Things changed there, and I couldn't progress at all. So I thought, what am I going to do? Um, now as it is, my other half have then moved to one of the cities. He mm. <laughs> said, I, I found a job opportunity here in IT. So he he was shifted down. I thought, yeah, okay, I'm going to try that as well. Yeah. Um, but I was a bit worn down by the whole thing. And I thought, well, I'm going to take a little bit of a break. I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a different type of job just for six months, just to build my, my confidence up again. And, um, and I stayed for 17 years and ended up owning wow. part of the business. <laughs> So, so what happened is I, so I went into a financial services company. So that's a company that looks at people's pensions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I'd, because I'd moved from a very rural place to a city, my salary had gone up for doing a, um, a job which had a lot less responsibility. Mm. So I had more money and actually I was pretty much answering the phone and I'd almost gone back to filing. You know, it was like, it was a bit like that. Yeah. Well. So I thought, well, I, I put myself in the diary to speak to the two bosses at my three-month review. So this is what happens when you get a job is you get taken on provisionally and then quite often you'll have a review and they'll say whether they're keeping you or not. So I put myself in the diary because they kind of thought, well, you, you're just here now, you're going to stay, aren't you? And um, I instead of it being all about them saying to me whether they were going to keep me or not, I said, mm. right, I've got a business proposal for you. And they looked a little bit stunned because you don't normally get that from the person that you've employed to answer your phone. So um, so I said, look, I think that I've been watching your business and I think that these are ways that we can change things, that you can let it grow a bit more and and all of these sorts of things. So they um, they had to kind of have a chat with each other and then come back and have another meeting to say, yes, I think I think we'd like you to do that. And uh, we're going to make you an associate director. So, um, so again, it's, it's sometimes it's just, and your generation's great at this, being a bit cheeky and going, do you know yeah. what? <laughs> we don't have to do it like this. <laughs> so if you think you're, you're the first generation who did this, you're not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some of us have been doing this for a long time. Just yeah. got straight in there. And, you know. yeah. So this is what we did. And, um, and so wow. I spent 17 years in this, this business until I was in my, um, my mid-40s. 
And then I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm right for a change now. We've grown it quite a lot. Well, it's run it, obviously a multi-million pound business. You know, it's, it's worked mm. really well. But the people that were left on the board, they wanted to do things slightly differently. And I thought, you know what, it's time for me to move on. Mm. So I left without a plan. And I've never not had a plan. You know, I've always mm. had a plan. And so I left no plan. So what I did then is I, I just thought, right, again, I'm just going to take a bit of time for me and I'm just going to see what happens and see see how I feel. You know, what do I want to do next? And um, so a couple of things uh, appeared in my life. One was the ACCA that I'd been part of for all of these years. I've been a member mm. of all these years and I've been helping with the, uh, we call it uh, continual professional development. So uh, mm -hmm. what that is, is when you get a professional qualification, you need to keep it up to date. So you have mm -hmm. to keep doing little courses or um, reading and things like that to uh, to make make sure that you you still got your technical skills. Yeah. Right. So I've been helping out on a local level with these sorts of courses, and um, and somebody at ACCA said, "Why don't you stand for council?" Now, council basically is the the committee at the top of the organisation mm -hmm. that uh, assists with the the executive team mm -hmm. to make sure that. Everything that ACCA does is for the benefit of members and for the benefit of the public and fulfills our charter. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it is a senior level board position, whichever way you look at it, because you have a huge amount of influence over yeah, yeah. what is, uh, you know, nearly a million uh, members and future members, as we call our students. Mm. So um, so the thing is, you have to be voted on from, you know, by the membership. So I thought, well, I'll put myself forward, but I won't get in. And I got in. Wow. I've been there for six years. <laughs> Yeah, that's so, so good. I, I know, isn't it amazing? Oh, wow. I'm so grateful to our membership. Yeah. Um, so uh, I've sat on the regulatory board there and now um, mm. I've been transferred over to the remuneration committee. So, um, and that as well has been an amazing experience to, to see this organisation, which is, you know, it's mm. got a huge turnover. It's, you know, it's turnover over 200 million. Wow. And and it operates we have members in 176 countries i think mm. so it's you know it is a, a huge global organization so to be part of that is a massive privilege yeah so alongside yeah. that even more crazy because if that wasn't crazy enough uh, for a girl who started off in a coffee shop if that wasn't amazing you know if that wasn't crazy enough yeah yeah it, other things then started to appear in my life so um i, I have a business called discover your bounce and this mm -hmm. started off um with a lady called nikki marshall as her business and she said oh would you like to come in as my non-executive director so a non-executive director is a director but they don't get involved in the day-to-day -day. Mm. they just get involved in the strategy of what the business is going to do so I kind of got involved with that and then I said actually what you need is me to roll my sleeves up and get involved and um, so that's what I did so wow. I've been doing leadership courses and and all these sorts of things ever since and workshops but what I've also ended up doing is because of my accountancy background and because of the of some of the writing that I've been doing, I've been invited to speak at conferences. Mm. So um, I can remember when I started doing these continued professional development courses and I would be stood at the front, shaking, quivering. And all I had to say was, our speaker today is Joe Bloggs and he's <laughs> going to be talking about tax. And you would think it was the end of the world by the look of me. I'd be having a total breakdown over it. Um, so... Uh, basically I over the years of doing that I kind of got used to standing up and, and doing these things mm -hmm. so then when my first um, opportunity came to be a conference speaker I thought can I do that yeah I'm sure I can and so you start off by sort of you know maybe you've got 30 people there and you stand up and you do your bit and it's fine 
And then I think um, some some of the big arenas that we have in the UK, I've um, I've spoken actually at most of them um, in the last sort of four or five years. And so um, and it's when you, you finally realise that you've put your headset on, you've walked out on stage, you've looked at all these wonderful smiley faces and some people who, who you know, when they're, they don't know you're looking at them, don't look very smiley at all, which is a shame. Mm. Um, <laughs> they're all these smiley faces looking back at you and you realise that, that, you know, there's there's getting on for a thousand people in there. And um, yeah, so who knew I would be a conference speaker as well? Yeah. Um, and for a girl who struggled to read and write at 16, the fact I have a publishing company, I'm also a published author now, um, I think is probably one of the things I'm most proud of yeah. because it's something I would have never have thought um, that I was capable of. But the opportunity came about mm. um, and Nikki and I said, yeah, we'll, we'll really, we can do this for people. We can help them to publish their books. And so... Mm. That's what we did. So, um, so I have a book out there on Amazon, and it's called uh, "Love Your Life: A Hundred Tips for More Peace and Happiness." Beautiful. I'll have to read it. I mean, just the way you're speaking, I'm already drawn in. Like, it's just so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I say you have more than four careers. <laughs> I say, I say I've got. Yeah, I mean, how do you? Yes, but what I want, oh, I suppose, want your listeners to take away from this is mm. that, you know, life is amazing, and. Yeah you always have those mountains to climb so I'm not saying the moment you get a mountain run away from it absolutely the mm. opposite you always have those mountains to climb but know why you're doing it so if you mm. if you're going down a career because you'd kind of promised your mum and dad and you said you were going to do it well don't yeah you know this is your life and nobody set out in my life to have you know and said well now I'm going to help you here or here or here I put mm. myself into positions and people stepped up and helped me but you've got to put yourself in that position yeah. first of all. You can't expect people to just open doors and shove you through them. Yeah. You need to you need to be knocking yeah. on that door. Yes. You know? <laughs> Maybe you need to invite yourself in sometimes. <laughs> exactly. Totally. Totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. Um, Sharon, I'm really interested in talking a bit more about ACCA. Um mm-hmm. for people who don't know what it stands for or sort of what it's about a little bit, would you mind just discussing um mm. Yeah, ACCA and, and what it does. Absolutely. So um, so you can have a look at the website. It's accaglobal.com. Mm-hmm. And so what we are is uh, we're an accountancy body. We're based in the UK, but we are um, we're all over the world, um, including Australia, New Zealand. Yeah. You know, so we, we've got a lot of members with a lot of members. And in fact, our current president, uh, Joseph Owalabi, is from Australia. Wow. So there you go. All Australian listeners. Uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Support, exactly. represent. Exactly. I love it. Totally. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so say we are a global organisation. It is quite a global passport once you get that qualification because a lot mm-hmm. of um, visas that you might be looking for if you want to go and try and work in another country will accept ACCA as being, as being you know, the top charter qualification. So mm. it's um, what I love about it is it's not just people like me that have benefited um, from from this qualification mm. yes you can go to you know some universities do it as a degree and so you go through the usual things you get your degree mm. and you get qualified um but it, for people like me that didn't have that opportunity on a global scale this is where th- they can do this and, and mm. you can study online um you can go to um sort of day release courses at colleges mm. there's night so very schools, open access yeah, yeah absolute open access and yeah. and that's what I love about it because um I, I'm really into social mobility so just because mm. you're born into a position doesn't mean to say that you have to sit there forever and if I hadn't done ACCA I'm not entirely sure where I mean I might have just been able to be you know 
I might have got on that first rung mm. and been able to do some account stuff maybe in an office. But yeah. the, the whole reason I can build businesses is because of this qualification. The whole reason that all these other doors have opened to me um, and that I was accepted onto a board is because I had this qualification. Mm. So th- this has really taken as, uh, you know, I was the first person in my family to have a degree level qualification. Mm. So, but I'm wow. not the last, you know, my nieces yes. and nephews have all followed me, you know. So yeah. this isn't, Love it. because again, if you, if you can see it, you can be it, can't you, you know. Yeah. So true. So, and I love that mentality. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You gotta make so, the way. Yeah, and and when yeah. you think about that, that is ACCA's global impact. Yes. Is that in a lot of places, whether it is Nigeria or Vietnam or mm. Indonesia or China or Hong Kong, Singapore, all these places, there's people that that this is their their first step, yeah. um, and a step up for not just them but their whole families. So I'm really enthusiastic about it. And I would absolutely suggest that you go and have a look at it if you're interested yes. in, in becoming an accountant. Um, and also we have in Australia as well, we have a, um, a, a unique partnership um, with uh, Chartered Accountants Australia and New Zealand, mm-hmm. which means that you can get ACCA as a qualification and you also you can then also get your other certificate, your local qualification certificate as well. Oh, I love it. Yeah, um, yeah. So there's a there's a real yeah, and it is an amazing partnership we have. Mm. Yeah, and you're not even just saying that because you work with them. Like you truly believe it, and I can see. And I, I am. Such, it is. Yeah. <laughs> like literally, like it's it's you know it's so like admiring and just fascinating to hear someone that's really just been impacted by an institution, you know, and like a career pathway has come out of it and it's there's it's been successful for you and you know you've had a great experience along the way and you've learned and you've done something that it's just it's just not the normal you know traditional route and that's what I really like about it you know um and I've said this before but I took a very traditional route you know school Mm -hmm. university yeah probably get a job and it's kind of boring (laughs) in a way it's it's more (laughs) exciting to do something that is different and yeah, not the norm. So yes, that is that is very awesome. Yeah. Oh well, thank you. And, it, and it's just, <laughs> you know, there's nothing wrong with the way that you're doing it. Oh yeah. You know, of there's it's absolutely you know it's really cool the way that you're doing that. But just always remember is that so this isn't the this isn't the only charter qualification I have. So when I had my business, mm. I realised in order to step up the business that we needed to become chartered financial planners. Yes. And so I thought, well, the person who's most likely to be able to do that is me because I'm already a chartered accountant so I used my ACCA qualification to get some exemptions and then I didn't have to take as many exams and so I became chartered twice and so that was the second lot of qualifications so this is the other thing to remember as well is that if you want to go into any of the professions then chances are you will have to take some some of their qualifications but remember Mm -hmm. you can always get exemptions for for your degree if you're if you've gone down that route so mm. just ask because yeah. a lot of organizations you know a lot of institutes will allow you to to bring prior learning in so it's always mm. worth asking yeah yeah and um I also understand that you're a qualified coach and mentor as well yes I know because yes. this is what you do when you're a bit of a you know an examophile and, and you can't it. help yourself um <laughs> is that you know, so so I thought right well I've got this new career now doing um you know doing speak conference speaking and all the rest yeah. of it and um and I started doing a lot more coaching so what I hadn't realized in my business is um 
when I left my business, I had loads of lovely cards from people saying thank you for all your help from staff mm. and also from clients. Yeah. And the clients, of course, I'd been doing tax things and I'd been doing sorting out the pensions and sorting out trusts mm. and these very technical things for them. Mm. And nobody thanked me for any of that. Oh. Everybody thanked me for my patience and for listening and for helping them understand their money oh. and and all of those soft skills. I wasn't yes. I wasn't thanked for all the rest of it was kind of like, yeah, well, we kind of assumed you'd be able to do that. What we didn't expect was that yeah. you did this. Yeah. And, Personal and I can remember self. my exactly and my what I um well, I can remember at the time taking all these cards and, and going to what's the lady who's now my business partner Nikki Marshall and saying you wouldn't you wouldn't know what I do for a living if you just read this <laughs> and she said oh yeah I would because you're a coach and a mentor and I said oh, fine oh wow yes um, so, so, so the crazy thing is I thought I was selling you know pension schemes and tax solutions and it turns out that I was actually um selling coaching so who knew because mm. they mm. were buying something different to what I thought I was selling yes. uh, but but all the way out so I thought well okay if I've got these coaching skills I want to do them better because that's me all over so I started a coaching so I did a coaching qualification mm -hmm. and I'm really glad that I did because it really opened up it's kind of formulating if you like in my mind um, all the things that I'd kind of a, a lot of things I'd done naturally mm. it gave me um terminology for it and mm -hmm. so I was really yeah and, and practice and a different group of people to hang out with as well and and a different way to look at it so I learned lots of stuff from them I learned lots of more techniques I could use as well and um so yeah so I became a, a coach and a mentor as well which wow. and again so continual learning this yes. is another thing I know that we may end up talking about the future of work but continual <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. learning is part of this oh, definitely really. Yeah, well, I mean, speaking of the future of work, do you want to, let's talk about that for a little bit then. Do you have any yeah. predictions? And yeah. Yeah, so, so if we, the world's changed massively and you may not have noticed it as much because actually you've kind of grown up into it. But there has been a huge, a huge leap. So we've mm -hmm. gone, everything's gone digital. And I know you've, your age group's grown up with digital, mm. but your parents haven't. And they've, they've probably kind of adapted to it reasonably well here and there. And, you, you know, you, your grandmother probably even on FaceTime, you know, yeah. so you've got so you've got a bit of it working, but it's still in, in organisations, in large organisations, there's still a lot of work to do. There's still right. a lot of old attitudes towards things like having to be in the office to do your job, mm -hmm. where actually the benefit of COVID, if we can talk about a benefit from COVID, <laughs> is that particularly in the UK, is that everyone had to work from home. And yes. so we realised just how possible that was. And of course, for rural areas, say in the UK, um, in the past, you were very limited on your job opportunities if you wanted to stay where you grew up. Uh, whereas now you could be working in California or mm. Adelaide. You could be working anywhere, could yeah. you? Online. Yeah. Online. And in fact, so we wouldn't true. have been doing this so easily, you know? Yeah, I know. So <laughs> all of these things, the world has opened up and some businesses are really embracing it and some businesses aren't. They're, they're struggling with it a bit their culture says no actually I want everyone back in the office where I can see them and and I think that leadership needs to change and I'm looking to your generation to do this really well mm. so leadership until now has if if you like the 1980s the 1990s leadership had been in offices in particular had been quite male dominated and just sort mm. of you know do as I say kind of mentality and now I think things are a lot more open and uh, 
a lot of companies, uh, progressive companies, are getting rid of middle management mm -hmm. so that you can actually just go and talk to the chief exec and tell them what's not right in the, in the organisation. You know, so that a lot of tech yeah. companies are really modern like that. And other companies are looking at it and going, that's not such a bad idea. So I think the employee voice is being heard a lot more. But don't be surprised if you go in your first job and you're told, do this, do that. And, and yeah, you've got to learn your trade. Of course you do. Yes, but yeah. if they're not listening, that's not unusual. But but if I was to say, give a prediction for the next 10, 15, 20 years, that will change. Mm. Because I think there's that all of a sudden the world has opened up. You can literally work from home yeah. and anywhere. So I think the, the good organisations, the inclusive organisations, the ones that listen to their staff will thrive. And I think the rest of them will have to either adapt very quickly um, or they're, they're not going to do some well, mm. to be honest. Yeah, sink or swim. <laughs> yeah, no, Eventually. absolutely. No, yeah. I, no I, I think that's that's absolutely it. So mm. I think there's, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a very interesting time for leadership. Yes, yeah, 100%. Um. And I would love to jump back a little bit um, and just go back to how you're a qualified coach and mentor, and particularly because the age range of the listeners mm -hmm. um, are around 16 to 22. They can, you know, yeah. reach either side, yeah. but these are students and pre-service teachers and all the like of it. Um, and I'd love to just talk about the topic of mental health for a second. <laughs> That's even possible to talk about yeah, mental yeah. health for one second because it's just I such know, a I know, absolutely, accepted absolutely. topic. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love to talk because you are a qualified coach and mentor. What are yeah. some common habits that you see in many students or people between that age range that are successfully and actively prioritizing their mental health? So I think the I think the prioritizing thing is the is the key there. Mm -hmm. So um there is a fine line between the fear that comes and the anxieties that can come from um, being anxious about everything until it gets out of control mm. and being a little bit anxious because you're doing something new. So yes. I think that you need to, uh, when it comes to mental health, particularly in your age group, everything you do is a bit new and, um, and it's perfectly normal to feel a little bit anxious because mm. you're stepping into a new college for the first time, you're meeting new people, you're doing new subjects, it's all new. Yes. So it's perfectly normal to be a little bit anxious about that. It's when it gets on top of you. It's when it's really impacting your life. It's when you can't get out of bed because of it. It's when you start making decisions and say, oh, I can't do this and I can't do that and I can't and I can't and I can't. That's where you really do need to, to get help. So mm. if you find and say mental health is um, it's on a scale. You, you, it's not like you tick a box and go, oh, yeah, good mental health or poor mental health. Yeah, it's it's a sliding scale. And you can have days where it's really not working for you. It's just when you get more and more days like that, that you really do need to, to take some, you know, take some action. Mm. So just acknowledge that one bad day is not your life. It's, it's just one day. Yeah. Um, and that one bad week's not your life either. But the way to, to approach being able to cope with these things and to find these things is get yourself a routine. Mm. So, um, even if the only thing you can do today uh, because of your mental health is get up and have a shower, then get up and have a shower. But yeah. make that a thing you can do. So concentrate on those things you can do. You can go outside for a walk, get some mm -hmm. fresh air. It'll do you good. Mm. Um, have a think about the people in your life that are positive, the, the supporters, not the moaners, not the people that are always have, you know, judging you or making things difficult. But think about the really supportive people in your life. Go talk to them. 
Mm. They're there to help. So find your community, I think, is another one. Um, it's something we talk about, actually, at ACCA a lot. It's in our strategy, is mm -hmm. building communities. Is um, Yeah, you've got people online. I'm sure you've got lots of Facebook friends or Instagram followers and <laughs> yeah. all the rest of it. But <clears throat> who is it there that, that listens to you mm. and knows you, all of you? And if, you, if there isn't anybody immediately to mind, think about what groups you might be able to join in the physical world that, that can actually give you that little bit of support. Because it's not that they've got to be mental health experts or anything like that. But if when you were in junior school, you learned to play the guitar, well, go find a guitar group. Pick it up again. Yeah. Give it another go. See what other people you can meet who's just in their company just makes you feel calm. Mm -hmm. And if you think, but actually my anxiety or whatever means that I find it difficult to walk into new things, take a friend with you. So you don't, it doesn't, you'd have to do it on your own. Take somebody with you to do it. Um, and actually, whether it's regular dog walking with a mate or a neighbour, whether it's you have some of those routines that are just good for you. Mm. Um, so that's where I would say is, is the start. And the, and the people who do it well have a routine, typically, or they know what to do when things start to become a little bit too stressful for them. So, yeah, so I'd say is, is you've got to watch yourself because mm. different things will trigger different people. And, mm. um, and at the end of the day, no one's watching over you all the time. You know, you're not five years old anymore. Mm. Um, so they don't know what's going on in your head unless you speak out, unless you actually say. And so, and do say, you know, you don't have to say everything to everyone. You don't have to mm. do an Instagram live and tell the world. <laughs> you can, however, go, go find a friend, go tell somebody, go tell your brother, your yeah. mum, go, go tell someone. Yes. And someone told me, um, a teacher told me in my high school that it's always good to have five people on speed dial that you can just call up at any time mm. and you feel as though you can talk. And obviously maybe not everyone has five really good quality friends in their life but yeah one will do as long as there is somebody there that you can just vent to and you have their confidence and you know that you tr you trust them um absolutely yeah and do you have any insight about if students and pre-service teachers and people within that age range or anyone really are struggling with their mental health do you have any insight on how they can find support Yes, yeah, so you can get quite a lot of, of support online and, and also your sort of, uh, we call them general practitioner surgeries uh, in mm. the UK. So that's your normal doctor. Your doctor's mm -hmm. normally a really good uh, place to start. And if you're thinking, I don't want to be on pills, it's not all about pills these days. Um, there are, whether it's cognitive behavioural therapy, whether it's uh, other talking therapies, there are other things that, that they will quite often be the primary carer to actually be able mm. to get you into the system. To, to get you the right sort of service and the right sort of help you need. So I say that the first one has to be go to your doctor and um, and explain what's going on. And it is incredibly common. So um, in Western countries, it's around one in four people will have some sort of mental health challenge in their lifetime. That's so if that's you, then, you know, it, this is really common. You are not alone. Yes, for sure. And support is just the best thing that I guess anyone can suffer um, can can get if they are suffering from yeah. any mental health conditions. Yeah, um, I'd love just to jump back a bit and talk about work and careers. Um, mm. And we we're talking about the future of work before, so we're juggling juggling around a bit for this episode. Okay. But um, <laughs> yeah, um, I'd love to 
discuss any advice that you may have on how a student can discover the best way to move up in their career. So um, particularly focusing on, you know, how could they secure the job in the first place? And then once they do have that job, how can they sort of move up slowly but surely? Yeah, so I'd say that, so the first thing is, um, who do you know in your network? And you might go, we don't have a network. Well, we'll go on to that. Who do you know in your <laughs> network that already does this? So um, it may be that you've got an uncle or an aunt that's already kind of in a business that's similar to, to what you're thinking of. Or maybe your parents know somebody. Or maybe a school teacher knows somebody. But ask around, who knows somebody that does something similar to what I want to do? So that's one of the things. And, and then go and talk to them and ask them where's the best way to get in or what's the best the best avenue. As you can imagine, lots of people come and talk to me about becoming accountants and I'm able to point them in absolutely the right direction. Mm, yes. So so have a look in your, your immediate network. There may be somebody there who can help you. Mm. Um, so that's the first thing. Um, and obviously the internet's a great place to go and, and find um, what sort of qualifications you need to get started. Um, and also have a look at the jobs that are um, that are advertised that you're kind of interested in what sort of things are they asking for mm. what sort of experience are they asking for and can you volunteer so what organizations are taking on people to do that job and do they have an internship mm. internships are really good for getting your experience up and getting your foot in the door getting them to see what you're capable of um, can you volunteer somewhere you know if you want to be if you want to work with animals you want to be a vet is there a local veterinary practice that you can just say can I, can I come down on a Saturday morning and, and, you know, get involved? So you've got something to put on your CV that says, I've been around that environment. So think about the around that environment scenario. What, where could you place yourself so that people go, all right, so you've got a bit of experience. It's like me filing things. You've got a bit of experience. Yeah. You kind of know what we're about. So That's all you need. It gets you, yeah, exactly. It get, just gets you that thing that other people have probably don't have. Mm. so yeah um as I say my first two um my first two jobs were actually word of mouth they weren't even advertised yes so um yeah so just bear in mind that it's not always it's not always a matter of applying for things sometimes Mm. um if you hang out in the right places then doors will open for you yes and particularly networking do you have any sort of tips on how people can network effectively just off the top of your head (laughs) absolutely so um even though I might sound quite bubbly um (laughs) I'm actually quite an introvert so so well I'm actually quite an introvert so so um I get um all of my inspiration if you like from being on my own not from being around other people um so walking and I'm also very short so um so tell actually walking at all, in, <laughs> to be honest no you can't tell on screen it's amazing <laughs> yeah, isn't it? sitting down just yeah <laughs> that's the best thing so, so the physical things of walking into a room particularly when all the networking I was doing was around um was in a very male at the time very male dominated professions mm. and I'd walk into a room and everyone would be um head and shoulders above me you know right. I'm an expert on armpits quite frankly you know that's the <laughs> level I'm at I love so, it. <laughs> and, men, and they're all men. And so they would step back and tread on me and everything. It was terrible. So I had to get a strategy around this. Mm. And I would walk into places. And the first thing most people do is they look around for somebody they know. Mm. Well, the whole point is to talk to people you don't know. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, how do you do that? So what I worked out is you've got two strategies here. Either 
you see the little groups of people that are chatting in the middle of the room and you go and kind of stand on the periphery and kind of get in the conversation. Mm. And for some people that'll work. Um, or if you're like me, then you, what you've got to do is walk around the outskirts of the room, walk, walk around the edges of the room and see mm-hmm. who else is stood there looking confused and doesn't know anyone and go and talk to them. Or if they've mm-hmm. got like a tea and coffee station, hang out around there yeah. and, and talk to people there because they're already, they're, they're, they've just arrived. And if you say, yeah. oh, I don't really know anybody here, you quite often you'll find people go, oh, I don't know anyone here either. Or actually, I've got a friend over here, should we go and talk to them? Yes. So I started getting the, into this habit of having a look at who's not talking to anyone else and go talk to them. Mm-hmm. And then once you've had a bit of a conversation, say, oh, that person over there looks like they're not really, or there's two people over there and they're not really seem to be having much of a conversation. Shall we go and talk to them? Mm-hmm. And so we normally end up with the largest group, to be fair. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love it. So it's a tactic. It's just you don't have to, <clears throat> you don't have to be absolutely in, in everyone's face. Just go talk mm-hmm. to one person. Another thing you can do is whoever the organiser is of this gathering that you've gone to, go and talk to them and say, I don't know anyone. And um, nine times out of ten, they will introduce you to people or they'll butt into one of the bigger groups and say, oh, this is so and so. And they don't know anyone. Yeah, Mm, that's that's a good one. Go talk to the organisers. They're very good at, at that sort of thing as well. Mm. yes 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 I was gonna say that it's just such a smart technique to talk to people on the outside because you're all sort of in the same boat anyway and maybe the people that are standing in the circle sometimes they don't know all know each other either and it's just like this whole environment of yeah just getting to know people and I guess that's what networking is all about how do you how do you get into the room in the first place so like how do you find out about networking events and opportunities to network with people is it just kind of by chance or what a mouth or well, I suppose I suppose it depends on what you're looking for so um, in the UK we have something called um, Eventbrite which oh, yeah. is where a lot of organizations put their events and yes. you can just book and, and go along so mm. have a look at, at things like that or um, they have uh, in the business sense they have LinkedIn locals as well mm-hmm. uh, so yeah you need to I'd say go online and see what what things are available there if you're interested in commerce in business quite often local authorities will have networking for local businesses yeah um and actually if you're doing a a degree or a diploma in business and finance or or business studies or something like that then um going along to free networking with businesses Mm -hmm. and just sort of saying look i'm just you know i'm just a student i want to learn a bit about business what tell me about your business yeah um is is actually quite a good way of building your network as well so yeah so that so local commerce groups are quite useful for things like that Mm. and another point I was thinking is like fake it to make it in a way like fake the confidence when you walk into a room and yeah um I think I mean I know that I would say I am extroverted in nature but I also need my introverted time and I do know Mm. a lot of the time um when I'm not feeling very extroverted and bubbly and I kind of need that time to recharge my energy and I'm still being around people you know my job is very um outgoing and engaging Absolutely. like just yeah just I just fake it like it's just acting <laughs> well, the, the thing is did you know that um that smiling even a fake smile yeah. actually sets off the dopamine response in you so, so good so so we have to do this anyway you know this yeah. is, and in fact if you want to sound, <laughs> sound sparkly and all the rest of it then smile and we're both smiling we're both smiling yeah, we really are <laughs> so yeah so this but this is a good it's a good technique um mm-hmm. 
And in fact, it's something that Nikki and I, when we double act up on stage, we do this quite a lot, is um, Nikki will talk about this dopamine response from a fake smile. And I've got to stand there and do this fake smile. <laughs> as many cheesy grins as I can. Get an audience <laughs> so reaction for sure. Everyone starts laughing at me yeah. because it looks ridiculous. But it's, it's there to prove a point that you can do it. And I absolutely agree when you say about, about those downtimes. Um, you know, one of my my tricks, because I obviously I've got some board roles and then I do these these sort of podcast interviews and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of all the other things that I do. Yes. So to help me to transition between a lot of these things, because it's a very busy brain, very lots going on. So first thing in the morning, it's a cup of tea around the garden uh, barefoot. Mm. And I really take in nature and I have a look at you know where the birds are at the moment. And should I put some more bird feed out for them? And what other animals are, are present in the garden at the moment and mm. what are the, are the leaves coming out and the flowers and what's what's happening out there and I just immerse myself through all of my senses mm. and actually that's one of the um, techniques that people often use for anxiety as wow, well really? is yeah. to is to actually immerse yourself in a space and just just concentrate on your senses so what can you see what sort of five things can you see what four things can you hear uh, mm-hmm. what two you know three things can you smell what can you taste what can you feel mm. and just immerse yourself because you're getting yourself back in your body yes. uh, because of course anxiety is about worry about the future and depression is often um, concern about the past mm-hmm. and what neither of those two things are is being present so what a wander around the garden first thing in the morning does for me is it makes me present it makes me absolutely here um, another mm. thing is a good mantra um, for those situations as well is um, I'm safe, I am well, and I trust myself. Yes. So to actually, um, for some people, writing things like that um, somewhere where they can see it often, maybe the first thing you see in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, because first thing in the morning, you're stood there, maybe you're in your kitchen, maybe the kettle's going, you know, that's the first thing that you see. And in that environment, you are absolutely, you are, you are safe, you yes. are well, and you can trust yourself. Mm. So set yourself up for success affirmations yes yeah yes very much so yeah um affirmations are so um impactful like i totally underestimate the power of them because i I think i saw this trend going around a couple months ago that it was sort of 30 days that uh, which would eventually turn into a habit of just every morning saying these five things Mm. like i'm beautiful i am loved i think that Mm. one of them i'm safe i'm well and there was a fifth one I can't remember now but I really wanted to do it I I I have to say it's really hard to stare in the mirror and say that to myself (laughs) but (laughs) it's very difficult um but I was really fascinated by how people were able to stick to that and they kind of made it a trend so they were doing it and recording it every day and things like that really do make a difference in someone's life especially if you've got anxiety depression or any sort of um you know a state of mental health that isn't the best affirmations are really good yeah they, they really are because at the end of the day um, a lot of mental health issues come about because you've got a negative affirmation yes because you keep telling yourself you're not good enough or you're not worthy or something's not right about you or whatever and if that can then make you feel as you know, common mental health um, disorders often can with lack of energy and mm. and all of those sorts of things then the opposite is also true. Yes. So telling yourself those positive things is also true. And yes, in the beginning, it can feel a bit weird if you want to yeah. stand in front of the mirror and do that. <laughs> it's um, hard. Yeah. But um, 
but the thing is your your brain does what you tell it to do mm. so reprogram it give yep. yourself that chance have those affirmations yes um the craziest thing and i'm definitely going to be doing either a podcast episode or some social media post about it because i was like soaking it up and i'm not sure if you've heard of it before sharon but it's called the locus of control is that interesting oh, no i haven't heard so of that so cool oh my goodness so um second year psychology honor student Ooh. and yeah it was just one of the lectures and i was my eyes are glued to the screen like i could not have been concentrating i have adhd so i just for me like that was my hyper like hyper attentive <laughs> focus i was like zoom <laughs> like straight in um got it just to give you a very very quick snapshot um of it it's you're either there's different states and it's basically where you perceive control lies in your life um Mm -hmm. so I have my notes somewhere on my desk but essentially um if you have an internal locus of control you feel as though you do have control over your life and you have the ability to control life events around you like you perceive that but if you have an external locus of control you perceive that other things other people chance is kind of more affecting you and you don't have as much control over your life so people would think like that it's more like a it is what it is sort of mentality whereas um people with an internal locus feel more responsibility and potentially sometimes more guilt over their actions because you know they could perceive that control anyway I was getting to a point but it's just very fascinating to see how people think about that and um yeah to reprogram the brain as well to think um, and to have a good mix of internal and external locus of control. Um, And that's also really positive as well. A little bit off topic, but you know, it's just another fascinating point. But it's all about, it's all about how you, uh, how you approach actually your career, because um, one of the things I'd like to talk in a future episode about is emotional intelligence. And that's something that, um, that we, when, ACCA did some research on this because, Mm. um, and they're not the first ones to do it. Um, So I think it was a Harvard professor that first came up with emotional intelligence. Mm. And that was, they wanted to know why it was that some students went on to have these amazing careers and others didn't when Mm. they both had, well, they all had that, that great start in life. Yes. So uh, what they'd worked out is that this was about people skills, these soft skills Mm. that, that you can learn. So, um, and they called it emotional intelligence. And it's around how your emotions control how you react to everybody else. It's about how you perceive and interpret and demonstrate mm. and articulate um, how, how you are and how you can then empathise with other people. Yes. So, um, um, so the thing is, that alongside your amazing careers you're going to have um, and doing all that amazing work, think about that people skills. Think about those soft skills that you need to mm. develop as well because they will also help you with your own mental health yes. and they will also help you with, so it's, it's, it's actually a continuum, if you like, of some of that is understanding about you and how you feel and recognizing your emotions and being able to do something about them. So it's not about controlling it. Sometimes it's about just, it is what it is, mm. but understanding that you don't need to beat yourself up about that. Yes. Um, but actually having that, uh, that, that platform if you like so and if you start at a younger age then you really are going to fly there's no two ways about it Um, I know people that have benefited from uh, understanding a bit more about emotional intelligence in their 40s and 50s and it's had a great impact on their career too but if you imagine if you've got if you've got this in mind right from the start then not only will that help you um, to 
keep control if you like of your own mental state mm. and uh, be present but also it will help you with your career mm. so yes. yeah these soft skills and your mental health really important part of of your career mm. so again if you're if you you'll get you've got to the end of year two of something you've got another year to go and you're you've got no gas in the tank mm. um have a think about what you need to do for yourself and take responsibility for mending yourself mm. so that you can then continue and do year three and give it your best shot don't think that you've got to just keep slogging on and slogging on slogging on coming out with something that wasn't what you wanted yeah so take take some responsibility for that take some action and again go talk to someone yes that's where you are couldn't agree more oh, thank you so much Sharon that was an awesome discussion thank you so so much well, thank you so much for inviting me of course and yes I'm looking forward to our next episode it probably won't be a part two it'll be another standalone episode on its own but talking about emotional intelligence I'd love to dive deeper into that that, that would be really good yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much again have a great day and to you wow 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 that was an awesome episode that was content packed, content rich, everything was amazing. Oh my goodness. Okay. Wow. Well, there are a couple of links, couple of handles that were shared in this episode. And I just wanted to reiterate anything just in case you lost it. Also, just to let you know, please check out the show notes today. If you were ever to check out the show notes, this is one of the times to so definitely check it out because there are amazing things in there that will lead you to the accaglobal.com website. If you wanted to look and explore any of the open access courses that ACCA is offering that Sharon was mentioning in the podcast episode today in the episode in like the show notes as well they also have Sharon's personal Instagram account the ACCA global Instagram account as well as other really helpful handy links that you will be able to access Sharon's blog and books and free things and amazing things and things you should definitely go check out so please go support that and definitely go check out ACCA Global, the um, Instagram account. Again, it will be tagged in the show notes so you don't have to stress about remembering 100 handles and usernames and links and websites, etc., etc. So yeah, check out the show notes and thank you so much, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did enjoy this episode, I'd really appreciate it if you rated it five stars and if you're listening on Apple Podcasts to leave a review in the description. That way, it will be great because we are able to get more traction for this episode, for this podcast, this channel, and more people able to discover it. If you're listening on Spotify, please just give it five stars or however many stars you think it deserves and i'll see you guys in the next episode where we're going to have another guest star on completely different topic but stay tuned thanks so much for listening to the all things education podcast if you enjoyed the episode today why not support the show head to the description of this episode and click on the support the show link to donate in increments of five dollars don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform. And remember, the advice given on this channel and on our social media is general information only. If you have any specific personal health, well-being and or educational issues, reach out to professionals such as your GP, school counselor and or a trusted person in your life before making any final decisions. Please do not take this episode as specific personal advice. And hopefully you now have more information about the topic you've listened to today. For more study and lifestyle content, head to our Instagram at allthingseducation21 and the link in the bio will direct you to many helpful resources. Stay educated, everyone, and see you next time.